I want to give a shout out to Los Olivos Alliance Church in Colombia. Four years ago, the leaders there started discipling Natalie at age five, which led to her four-year-old brother, Liam, attending child discipleship with her. In September, 2022, Natalie brought her mom to church where she accepted Christ as her savior and was baptized as well. everyone and welcome to the Awana Clubs podcast. I'm Andrea Perkins, an Awana missionary down in Texas. And here at the end of the podcast season, we are celebrating all things that have made Awana Clubs successful all over the country. Uh, so we're going to dig in today with just an amazing Awana ministry director from one of the churches. I have the privilege to serve. Uh, I can't wait for you to meet her. So stay tuned for a great, great chat. Um, on how Awana Clubs are helping God move here in Texas. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Are you a church that keeps refreshing its ministry by updating your resources and learning new skills to make your child discipleship as effective as possible? Or would you like to be? Then you should become an official Awana member. For just $125 a year, you get 30% off all Awana Club products, exclusive access to special and seasonal discounts, training from Awana Basics online, plus added visibility for your church on Awana Finder, our national website website to help new families discover your Awana program. Go beyond just using Awana curriculum and sign up for a membership today at awana.org slash become dash a dash member. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We have an amazing special guest for this episode of the podcast. Miss um, Christy Fritz is our children's minister at Shady Oaks Baptist Church in Hearst, Texas, um, which is wonderfully centrally located in the, the middle of the Fort Worth area. And uh, she's been in that position for a number of years now. How long have you been at Shady Oaks, Christy? I've been here 10 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that explains why your club runs so smooth. <laughs> um, I have had the great privilege of knowing you for almost five years now, um, since my first visit to Shady Oaks. And every time I've been there since, um, I'm just always so impressed, not just with the organization, which is amazing, um, but also the atmosphere, right? Like the air is right at your club. Oh, good. Thank you. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what makes um, your club so successful, some of which is absolutely your efforts, which um, Awana appreciates for sure. Um, but I, before we do that, I really want to talk about what success is, because I think it's possible mm -hmm. some of our listeners, you know, are used to kind of measuring success in how many kids they have or um, how closely they align to even a want basics training, you know, we kind of want to dispel those myths, right? That if the point is child discipleship, um, then the way we measure a success of a club or of an Awana ministry director is how well um, they are helping kids belong, believe, and become disciples of Jesus Christ for their whole life. 
yeah, and you're, you're doing a great job on that. But for anyone listening, if you're like, we don't even wear uniforms, please. <laughs> That's not part of the algorithm for what makes a successful club. Um, but that belonging, believing and becoming for kids. So I'm going to set you up with a few questions kind of along those three B lines. And we'll just, we'll just see what God does on explaining uh, how, uh, how great your club is. Um, so we know that a loving, caring adult it's the difference maker, right? In the life of a child. Um, can you tell us, are there kind of special things that Shady Oaks is doing really focused on how kids belong in your club? Sure. You know, this particular aspect of it is kind of near and dear to my heart right now. Um, as I work with kids and talk to even parents and people in the community that are, even our little children are struggling to figure out who they are. Um, they're being challenged by culture, you know, well, you have to decide who you are, what's your identity and all of that when we know their identity is in God. Um, so one of the things we're actively doing this year, trying to help with that sense of belonging is, um, for example, the way we start our club. So we may have visitors come in that have no idea what Awana is. So I always have an activity set up. It could be multiple tables with puzzles or one week we did build a house of cards. And as kids come in, they choose a station to go to. I have a leader at each one. And so they get to work together right away, just doing something fun and kind of feeling that sense of, oh, I'm okay here. I belong here. And when we can relax that for them, then they're better able to listen to the ways that we know they truly belong, which is in God. Um, it kind of just helps them connect a little bit in that way. Um, I also try to have enough adults that if somebody is coming along and they're not sure, they don't know how to do that or what group do I want to join. I want to have extra adults, if at all possible, to come alongside um, that child that may be a little hesitant um, to join in. And we've also just started a leadership team with our fifth and sixth graders. So that is by invitation only. And they meet with me once a month. We're doing discipleship with them, but we're teaching them how to help children feel like they belong as well. So they might take a newcomer by the hand and say, hey, come do this with me. And then they introduce them to the adult and we make connections that way as well. So we're just constantly trying to find ways to help us not feel threatening and not let the kids feel like they're left out. They're not part of the group. Even if they enter the, the 90% of the way through the year, we want them to still know that they belong here and make a connection with other kids, but also with that adult. Yeah. you know, I love that. I never really thought about how overwhelming for brand new students, especially maybe unchurched kids, kids yes. maybe walking into not only Awana for the first time, but church for the first time. Yes. Um, all of our like sort of lingo and accoutrements and stuff can be a little overwhelming yes. if you're like, I don't know if I'm a spark. <laughs> right? Exactly. And even things like the Awana pledge and the way you do your opening ceremony and the, the kids are overwhelmed. Um, we have a brand new group as of three weeks ago of six neighborhood kids that are coming in, a, an adult is bringing them in and they've never been to church, let alone Awana. So we found that our preparation in case this happened has really helped us out um, as far as that goes, helping them to kind of try to fit in. Oh, I love that. I love that because what you're doing is intentional and mm -hmm. it's looking forward to the growth that, you know, God is going to be bringing you like that yes. level of intention and preparedness is what makes a super AMD. This is how you get on the podcast. You so, thank you. Of thank course. You that. Um, so once kids are getting in, I mean, we know that Awana's materials, they're, they're rich in God's truth. And the point of them is to um, not only help kids know Jesus, but to learn how to study his word, to fall in love with his word that ultimately, you know, they can believe, um, you know, put their trust in Christ for salvation. Yes. 
right? Yes. Do you have any kind of cool faith stories about growth in your clubbers sure. this year? Sure. So um, the first thing that comes to mind is we had um, a young lady whose older siblings had been coming to church here. And so she came, she started to come to Awana. The teenagers were coming, so they brought her. And um, within a matter of weeks, she was through her start zone. And then she invited another friend to come with her. And we put her friend um, Kendall through the start zone. And then we worked him into a small group. And, and one week we're sitting there and we're talking about what the Bible study has to say with a small group leader. And I get this little wave from across the room to come on over from the adult. So I headed over that way and I was talking with him about it. And I said, well, the question is asking you, why did Jesus die? And even though they'd done the star zone and they'd already heard it, Kendall looked at us and said, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus died. When did that happen? And we said, oh, well, so we backed up and went back through it, but we chose to have that conversation then, but then to kind of stop our forward momentum the next week because we had several visitors. And so the next week we went back and just fully focused once again on a gospel presentation. So we pulled all the kids and we did an extended time of talking about it. And lo and behold, we had four children accept Christ that next week that had done their start zone, but it hadn't sunk in yet. So it took them some time in small groups to really begin to get it and understand. And it was just an exciting night when, and these were all visitors. So when their friends got to sit with them, the ones who brought them and, and see that they accepted Christ as a result of them bringing them and helping them with handbook time and all that, it was exciting for everybody involved in that. And so it was just a cool way to see how the Bible the scriptures and the truth are written in the Awana books and how it gradually raised those questions until they were really ready to hear it again. So you're telling me that building the kingdom of God and like doing what the kids need spiritually when they come to your club each week is more important than the lesson you're supposed to be accomplishing on your annual calendar. This is what you're saying to me. That is what I'm saying to you. Yes. <laughs> I'm being a little bit facetious there because of course, of course it is. And I'm so, um, I'm so grateful and I'm so impressed. And I hope that this is, you know, happening all over, you know, not just my churches, but all over the world, um, that nobody feels like they're in bondage to their list of lessons to accomplish, right? That, you know, even Paul on a missionary journey said, I'm going to go to this area. And the Holy Spirit said, do not go there. <laughs> go to this other right. area. So right. those diversions, they're such big God opportunities. The kids that have been in Awana that are aware that they missed a lesson. Um, I tried to, I communicated with their parents during the week. And then with those kids again on Sunday saying, okay, it's going to be different this week. Um, but remember you already believe in Jesus, but there may be others that don't. And so I really challenged them to be supportive and encouraging and not distracting in that lesson. And then promised them that I would hold a catch up day with them so that they could come another time, come a little early, or sometimes we do a Saturday morning where they can come get caught up on those lessons because to those kids and they want to finish their books. Yeah. So we have to kind of balance that out well, with children. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful to do both the evangelism and the discipleship component intentionally enough where kind of both kinds of kids are having their needs met. Um, yeah. as far as small group goes, I love it. I love it. Well, so you're talking about growth, right? Your kids who've uh -huh. been in Awana, maybe multiple years that are interested in getting through their handbooks and learning all of the things that are in it. So growth, you know, we know that growing as disciples is a long-term path, right? It takes um, the, the whole, our whole lives, right? Um, yes. But every one of those 
even small steps is really important. So can you talk to me, not just, I mean, you just had a great example, but any other ways that your Awana club is promoting like our become value, um, of discipling leaders and clubbers. Sure. Sure. Um, so I mentioned earlier the leadership team that I'm doing with the kids and that's really going great with them. And there are some younger kids that we've only been doing this for a month, but they're already saying, well, I want to do it. And so I'm challenging them that, well, when you get to fifth grade, you know, this is an opportunity for you. So it's pushing them to keep going. Um, and then, um, um, with my leaders, we constantly do touches with each other and talk about the kids in their group and how can we help? Um, how are they growing? I like to share books and materials with them, that kind of thing. Um, but I really want to share a story of one of these kiddos. Um, his name is Tucker. And Tucker came up to me about two months ago and he's in Boy Scouts and he is the chaplain of his Boy Scout troop. Um, and so he was talking to me about that and how he could, um, how can he minister to his friends? Because he has one friend in particular in club in Boy Scouts that is an atheist and whose parents are atheists. So he came to me and he said, I've been really talking about camp and I want him to go to camp, but I need help. I need to know, I don't want to ask him to pay for camp. And I want to, what Bible verses can I use? And how do I go about doing this? So Chuck and I are meeting and talking about what Bible verse could you use with them to explain this? How could you give information to his parents? Um, and so that is a big way that I'm seeing him grow. And I'm seeing him start to disciple someone who's taking baby steps toward salvation. And I just think that is overall amazing. And it's very exciting to me. Probably the other thing that I can think of that's specific is we work with our leaders and tell them if a child asks a hard question, we want to answer their hard question. And it may be that you need to say, hey, let's take this to Miss Christie at the end. But we spend a lot of time talking through what those questions might be and how they can answer them, their life questions. You know, my, my friend has two moms. What do I do with that? We've had those kinds of questions comes up. We've had a child say, you know, sometimes I just feel like I want to die. And so I feel like we have to equip our leaders that younger and younger children have hard questions and they need to be ready to not panic and to know how to handle that. So I like to work with my leaders as well, that as they're working one-on-one -on -one with kids or in small groups with kids, that they can be prepared for those kinds of things that come up. Yeah. And like how comfortable must it be for your leaders not to sort of have a wave crash over them emotionally yes. when something like that comes up? I mean, that's, that's just, that's huge for yeah. them um, to yeah. be prepared. Um, I love that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is so hard to look at the society that the children we're serving are growing up in, right? Yes. It's so different and so material and so secular, right? That like the yes. baseline culture these kids know is a secular culture. And so mm -hmm. I'm just I'm so proud um, of churches that are fighting against that wave um, and just proclaiming that identity in Christ as um, is yes. the abundant life. I think it's also important that we, in we include parents in that because even our church parents, and they may have grown up in the church themselves, they struggle with how to address those issues with their own kids. And so we also try to have, we call them mile markers. So we try to have periodical meetings where parents can come in when their kids are a certain age, and we try to equip them with how to handle this what your child is seeing at school or what your child may say to you. Um, I know for myself, I had a second grader, my second grader come home a few years ago and start saying, I just want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. And I'm like, where did this come from? Well, he saw another child in his classroom at school 
who had some behavior issues get angry and kick furniture and was saying over and over, I want to kill myself. Well, I had to be prepared to figure out where did that come from and address that as a parent without freaking out either. <laughs> and right. so I think as Awana leaders, we also have the opportunity to intentionally connect with parents to equip them and help them to know how to handle it and know they have somebody they can go to to ask, what do I do with this? You know, we're not just meeting the kids' needs in order to disciple the children. Sometimes we have to disciple their parents as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this culture as a parent seems like a wasteland, not wasteland, wilderness, at least there you go. where it's, yeah. it's hard to yeah. know. It's hard. It's hard to have a guide, especially if you're not as strong in the scripture yourselves. And you've got parents that are bringing kids to your club. I know that are not, they're either new believers or not yet believers. They may still yes. just be seeking, um, and even accomplished, you know, even, yes. even parents with citation awards on the walls of their Awana offices yes. um, have, <laughs> have questions and have times that their kids run into tough situations. And it is hard to know, um, where to go with that. What, is the angle that's going to be healthy and protective and, and potentially save a life of one of these kids. Um, so yes, parents are definitely, um, needing that connection. Thank you so much for, for doing that. Now, one of the things I already know the answer to this question, because of course I'm well connected to you because you're my favorite, um, person, even AMD. Like I love Christy Fritz. Y'all don't really understand. Um, I know you guys big in connecting with your community as well. And I've seen so many things at your church that don't just connect your church to your community or your Awana club to your community, but actually help your Awana club be more integrated seamlessly with your church because you are reaching out into your community together. Can you talk yeah. to us a little bit about that? Sure. We made the decision that our closest mission mission field is in the neighborhood right around us. Mm -hmm. And that includes a school that is an elementary school that's across the street. So we constantly work with that elementary school because they can help us make connections with families in the area. So we do things like host a Christmas party. Um, each year we work with another organization to help provide us with the gifts and things, but we host a huge party for 200 kids every year that allows the parents to get food and to get gifts for their kids. And we sing carols and tell the Christmas story and do all kinds of fun things with their kids kids. Um, we are able to host a Bible club at our school across the street, which I know is not done everywhere, but it does give us a chance to then reach out to families. Um, it our does, school it does happen somewhere, right? Those so people does. listening could be like, maybe if I know that superintendent, yes. it's at least something to ask about. Yes, right? possible. You might be surprised. <laughs> yes, you might be surprised. Um, we stay in touch with the counselor there a lot. And so um, there have been times that they have said, hey, we have new curriculum in and it's our vice principal's job to get it out, but she's nine months pregnant. Can you help? And so I call up people and we go to the school and we help the staff. Um, we try to support the teachers, the children, all of that. And then from that, we're, we're able to move out. Like uh, in the spring, we do a bike rally. So kids of the neighborhood can come in if they don't have helmets. We make sure they have helmets. We bring a police officer to teach them bike safety. Um, we have time to talk with the parents. Um, we do um, block parties. Um, anything that we can do to reach the community right around us. And so my Awana team uh, is not just my Awana team. They're also my core team, um, part of that group that helps get the word out. Because then as you get to know people, you're communicating with a parent over a hot dog. You know, at an Easter 
car hop we have coming up, you can talk to them about what we have. Oh, it's such a fear kid. That's my, my small group's age. Maybe we could do this, you know, and the more ways that you can reach out to your community and make intentional connections that are not pressure filled, the safer they feel. And then they know they have someplace they can go that is safe to ask for help. And sometimes it's that simple that I've been on their property four times in the last year and I know I can trust them. So I can go over there and ask for help. And we see that time and time again, that you have to meet their needs first and meet where they are. And then they'll come to trust you. And it's only when that trusting relationship happens that you can effectively share the gospel. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the beginning of belong. Right. And yes, I love, absolutely. I love that you guys, you know, intentionally reach out so that it's not like someone has to, has to cross the threshold into yes. our church building in order to yes. be, <laughs> to be accepted or to be, you know, connected with you guys to have needs met. Yeah. I was just telling some kids at a, an Awana visit that I did at a club on Sunday that you can address people's spiritual needs. If you have met some physical needs, because then they trust that that's what you are. You are yes. a person who meets needs, you know, and you guys are a great, um, kind of perennial example of that at all times. So you mentioned that your Awana leaders are also part of a kind of a core team. So your vision really is broader than just sort of getting through the Awana calendar that you use each of your ministries to support your other ministries. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We come together. We come together for training and all aspects, all leaders from all different areas all come together and we, and they can share insight with each other. What's worked on Sunday morning might be different than what worked on Wednesday night, or, Hey, we've had these visitors on Wednesday night and they just showed up on Sunday morning. What can you tell me about them? So we want to, we're not just an Awana church. We're a team, a church that's meeting our community's needs and sharing the gospel. And that's what we do. So we kind of all work closely together. They all come along. I'll do parents night outs and I'll open them up to the elementary school as well. Those leaders come together and support that. So that gives us another chance to hang out with kids and to meet parents. Um, so it's, it's important. We can't as Christians, we shouldn't be about separating into our distinct area ministries. We're not silos. We need to all be working together and be united. Um, that's biblical even, um, to share the gospel, you know, with other people and to reach our community. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, I had an amazing time hearing from you today. Thankfully, because I'm, I'm close to you, I have already gotten to hear, um, some about how God works, but, um, as there are other clubs listening and thinking, this is, this sounds great. This is amazing. I wish I had all this structure. I wish I had all these leaders. I wish I had, you know, what must, what seems to the listener to be an infinite budget that must do all of these things. Yeah, yeah. I want to <laughs> encourage them. It's not, right? it's not. <laughs> I've met these people. Um, but, but there is always, and 10 years ago, when you took this role, you probably were not doing all of the things that you're doing. So you've had some time to build and grow like kind of an upward spiral of responsiveness to God's calling in your community. And so I just encourage people who are listening and are like, I could never do all that. Okay. Maybe not today, but God equips you to what he's called you to. And if you hear him talking to yourself about how can I be the kind of super AMD that I'm hearing about on this podcast, you can add one thing or you can pray that God gives you a helper to do that one, that next thing that's on your heart that you want to do for your club and upward spiral, upward spiral for the next 10 years, come back, listen to this podcast again and be like, Oh, I'm doing so many more things because God's yeah. kingdom 
is being built in my area. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you for encouraging us about growing our ministries, about growing our vision, um, that it's not just getting through our lesson list um, and that our communities are hungry for the word. Um, and if we can meet, meet physical needs first, then we have an opportunity to feed them spiritually. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful week. And thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Awana Clubs podcast. The Awana Clubs podcast is a product of Awana Audio. All rights reserved. Your support and donations to the Awana ministry make it possible for us to partner with 62,000 churches in over 130 countries. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more information about what was discussed in this episode, as well as more details about today's host and their ministry. If you like this episode, you'll also like the Child Discipleship Podcast, where new episodes drop every Thursday. Our theme song is Jackpot by Made to Be from their album, You Know a Better Way. You also heard their song Throne from their album, Save Me From Myself. This podcast is executive produced by Tim Sandoval, mixed and edited by Marlon Washington, and content support is provided by me, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.